Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hey everybody, welcome back to Teen Wealth Radio. I'm so excited to be with you this week because we have yet another amazing guest. And Kevin Friesen, my co-host, is back. He's been uh, absent with us for a little while because he's been quite busy coming back from Australia and uh, working with some family stuff. And believe it or not, this episode's going to hit a little bit close to home for a lot of you out there listening, as well as Kevin, our guest, myself. Um, So it's a really important episode, I think, for you to listen in, to share with your family and friends. Uh, because we have a young man whose name is Josh Newfield. He's an amazing photographer, but he has a kind heart and a great ability to write and inspire people as well. Um, he's working on a project right now called Grief Narratives. It's something he's very passionate about, and it helps people deal with grief that they're going through when they lose a loved one, because it's not very easy for any of us. Uh, Kevin just uh, lost his father not very long ago. I've lost several people in my life in the last few years that were very close to me and our guest Josh also lost his father back in 2015 and so we're really blessed that he's coming on the show to share his story and some inspiration with us and hopefully we can all join a part of his project and uh, make it even better and even greater and share it with the entire world so thanks Josh for joining us and thanks Kevin for being brave and coming on the show because uh, our kids out there will sure appreciate it so thanks guys for joining us Yeah, thank hey, you I'm- for having me and I've uh, I, it's great to be back I've missed everybody even though I can't see him. (laughs) Just nice to be back with you, Brandy. And I know, um, yeah, it's cool. And I I read a little bit about Josh leading up to this show and really excited about, um, both very excited and a little bit nervous because it is very fresh for me, but uh, the stuff that Josh has been doing is incredible. And I know it's helped a lot of people through a lot of, different seasons and challenges and emotions and um so yeah I'm, I'm just excited to to hear more of his story today absolutely well i know i'm gonna talk we're gonna talk a lot about uh, his incredible project the grief narratives mm-hmm. um but i just kind of want to give our listeners a little bit about josh so josh just tell everyone who you are and what you're passionate about and why you're walking this earth the way you're walking it <laughs> um well my name's josh i'm over here in vancouver canada um what am I passionate about? I, I just love, so I picked up a camera um, a handful of years ago now, and um, I just love, I, I, I love connecting with people in completely different ways and, and, um, and random, random, just random connections. So what the cameras really allowed me to do is, is um, it's given me a, a pathway into meeting um, just people from all walks of life. Uh, it's been uh, quite a journey doing that. Um, and I've done a lot of the outdoor landscape kind of stuff as well. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So do you mind if I give everyone your social media? So if they're listening, they could follow you along with us on Instagram. Yeah, please do. So um, he has three, believe it or not, uh, Instagram <laughs> accounts. Um, his very first one is, I believe this is why we live here. Is that correct? That was the first one. Yeah. The first one. Okay. So 
Yeah, you can just look up at this is why we live here. And a lot of the photos are of beautiful British Columbia where we, all three of us actually currently reside. It's a, it's a beautiful part of the world and his photography really is amazing. So that's a good one to start following on. And the other uh, one is Josh Newfeld photography. Is that correct? Uh, Josh Newfeld photo. photo. So th- this is why we live here is where I started. And that was where I really, I do have a, um, I love being in the outdoors in, um, spending time out there and so that uh, I started that one originally and then um, as I got more comfortable with the camera I started to shoot more people and uh, different marketing promotional material and so then I started another account uh, Josh Newfield photo for my more in town uh, basically the the, uh, a work-based account whereas this is why we live here is more um, an outdoor lifestyle landscape type of account Absolutely. What kind of person would you describe yourself as? Super outgoing, a little shy? How would you describe yourself to someone? Imagine I'm I'm your first Tinder date and you're trying to describe yourself. How would you describe yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Tinder date, eh? Um, I know when I was younger, I I definitely started out quite shy. I was quite quiet in high school and and as a teenager. Uh, But I've also spent uh, a lot of the last 10 years essentially working in the restaurant industry uh, to help support some of my passion, my passion projects. And I mean, that really, that, that's such a good ground to just in terms of, uh, well, just to learn how to engage with people. Uh, so that was really, now I find myself really outgoing, uh, um, generally anyways. Um, but I definitely didn't start out that way. It's, it's just been a learning process and about putting yourself in those positions where you know you're going to be uh, challenged a little bit socially, but it, it's a, it, it's a, for it's good like it's um it's, a, it's an important process and uh yeah so now i would definitely say i i'm on the outgoing side I, I i enjoy like i said i enjoy just meeting up with random people um i i'm quite comfortable in those situations now uh and the cameras only help me get better and better at that mm, amazing yeah um i, I think I, I met i can't remember how long ago it was that i met you but i do remember um, a group of us ended up at a beach here in Vancouver, and were, was it you that was playing guitar? Uh, possible. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I remember you playing guitar. That was the first time I saw you, and you were quite outgoing then. What were you like as a teenager? What What were your passions? Did you grow up in in Vancouver as a teen too? Did you go to high school here, or? I did. Yeah. Um, soccer was my main uh, squeeze, we'll say, uh, growing up. So I was quite focused on that. Um, I come from a really, I'm, I'm very fortunate to come from a really strong family and, um, you know, they really helped me basically by, you know, 16, 17, I was playing soccer six nights a week, uh, doing different training and stuff like that. Um, so that was kind of a main focus for sure. Um, otherwise, you know, I think it was just kind of, a a pretty normal, um, growing up high school experience like I was had a good group of friends um, I was in French immersion uh, so we had a kind of on our side uh, there's just a group that was quite uh, quite um, well just quite bonded together um, so some of them or a handful of them I'm still quite good friends with which is really nice <clears throat> and I think that's important too it's uh, you know I I, um, I appreciate that that uh I always, I was, I, like, I, I appreciate that um, they, um, 
when people have like those long time friends, I think it's important, and I think it doesn't happen a lot, and it can be difficult to keep those connections going. But I think um, I'm just glad I have them, to be honest. Yeah. I, 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 what about you, Kev? Do you find have you kept a lot of your friends from from high school? Is that hard to do? Because I, I know uh, I have a high school. Friends. You know. Are, are you are you deciding if you're swiping left or right on me now, or, or <laughs> you want? <to> <laughs> I always swipe right on you, my darling. You're my. <laughs> uh, and well done, Josh. You answered that question nicely, by the way. Um, yeah, you know what? I was incredibly shy and awkward. I think we've talked about this before, but uh, growing up, and I didn't have a lot of self-esteem or positive self-esteem anyway, and. Um, it wasn't until after I graduated where, and I don't really keep in touch with anybody from my high school. We had like, uh, I think, was it 500 people in my graduating class or something? Like there were a ton of people. And um, I, d- I didn't really maintain those friendships. It's amazing how you feel like it's so important when you're going through that stage in high school that, you know, you have to impress these people and you have to, you know, not, not screw up, up because it'll be social suicide or whatever. And I don't talk with hardly any of them anymore. But I have, just like Josh said, I I was very, very blessed and fortunate. I started working with kids camps and different programs that traveled across Canada. And some of my friends from the camps that I met when I was 17, 18, um, they're still some of my best friends to this day. And I'm very, very, very lucky and blessed to to have a, a group of friends that have stuck with me that whole time. So I and I think friendships are some of the most important things we have. Absolutely, relationships, like Josh said. Would you say it was uh, going like working at these camps that kind of prompted the shift of you, the shyness that you felt? I uh, yeah, no, that's yeah. I think that's that's a good way to to look at it because um, in in getting out of my comfort zone and you were talking about that too like being behind the camera and and being able to kind of step out from behind that and and generate all these relationships um helping kids that were you know we worked with a lot of at-risk kids and just even at camps being there and and helping kids with low self-esteem or just being a friend to them i think it did i think it made me step out of my uh, comfort zone and and to the point where all of a sudden I realized hey people people like me I got picked on a lot in school um, yeah, so did I yeah I had a I had a really um, round face <laughs> so people would say you know if you put a basket under my chin you could float me around the world or <laughs> they're so mean kids are so creative and so mean but um, so I was always very um, self conscious and um, and, uh, yeah. And, and I think that just helped me to realize, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm a good person. I'm a nice person and people like me. And, and then I started getting a lot more confident and Brandy and I both started that way and doing a lot of public speaking and stepping out. So, yeah, I think, I think that's a great way to look at it, Josh. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I don't think I ever found, I was never super popular. I was never the biggest geek in high school. I never kind of found anything. I had a couple of girlfriends and I just kind of floated around because I played sports, but I was also the leadership and but I was also very shy. I think my brain became my best friend in high school because I'd hide in there just away from people because I just didn't <laughs> want to deal with all the drama of high school. And it wasn't until I started working 
McDonald's when I was 14 that I really started to find people that I connected with that were had these goals and dreams and big, exciting things. And that's why they were working weekends instead of uh, playing outside with your high school friends. So I think that's, yeah, it's definitely, it's interesting where we find our kind of niche in the world and our little hole and where we go. And I'm still like the first boyfriend I ever had, I met at McDonald's and when we <laughs> together. And he is still one of my best friends on earth. His nickname is Mayo and my nickname is Pickles all because of the food. So we worked at McDonald's. I was going to ask what your pickup line was. Maybe it was, would you like fries with that? Maybe that oh, works. Oh man. Swipe left, swipe left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kev, you're hilarious. Well, guys, we have to go to uh, our first commercial break, but we'll be right back with Kevin and Josh in just a few moments. Thanks for joining us, everyone. See you in a minute. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. If you missed the first section, I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Kevin Friesen. Happy to have him on the show. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> and our guest today, Josh Newfeld, an amazing writer and photographer who's also an incredible human being and has started a really neat project called Grief Narrative, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, but right before the break, we were all kind of talking about our own self-esteem and where we started fitting in or where we started feeling like we fit in. Um, and I thought that was an interesting transition to the photography job that Josh is currently doing. Because you started with nature, you were mentioning, and, and then you started taking portraits of people. And portraits become a very intimate thing. A lot of us 
are very nervous having a camera pointed at us. In a selfie generation, having a professional photographer still look at you when you can't see yourself in that uh, the selfie mode where you can't position your face just perfectly so you look how you want to look. That's a very intimate thing to trust a photographer to capture the best essence of you, especially in a world where we're looking at how people look Number one. I mean, I'll bring up Tinder again. That's the, You don't even know anything about that person. You're just swiping based on how they look. So, Josh, do you find that you kind of, it's almost like a, a hairdresser. Like when you sit down as a female, especially in a, in a chair with a hairdresser, she knows your whole life story and every problem and every good thing about you by the end of that dye job and cut. Because it's like a therapist. Do you find you become kind of like that as a photographer, taking portraits as well? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you... You definitely have to, well, I mean, you just have to engage in a conversation in general. Um, you want them to feel comfortable. You want to kind of break down that um, that kind of first little wall of nerves. Like, I, I, so personally, when I'm on the other side of the camera, I hate it. <laughs> I get really uncomfortable. Um, but I, so I'd actually contacted some, this is recently, but I'd contacted some uh, fellow photographer friends and asked them to actually shoot portraits of me so that I could kind of, Feel those, feel those nerves, and, and and try to break that down so that I could then use that um, for my clients. Um, but for sure, I mean, it, it's it's very much uh, um, a, a, a mental game. You, I mean, you really do have to engage with the people and, and try to get them to a certain point. There was actually a really interesting project that I saw a few years ago, but um, basically they had. They had a gentleman come in to do, and they had five different photographers shoot portraits of him. <clears throat> um, the other photographers didn't know that there was someone else shooting him, but each photographer was told that he was a different man from a different, had a different life story. Like one, he was an ex-convict, one, he was a fisherman, one, he was a social service worker, one, he was paramedic, something like that. And then they compared all five of the portraits that these people took, and they all were drastically different because of how the story that the photographer had heard and how they engaged with them. It was, it was a really, really interesting project. I can't remember the name of the photographer. I wish I did, but I think that was a really good example of how that is kind of exactly what you're talking about, that where it becomes this, uh, it's not just taking a picture. You're really engaging with someone. And, and, and that's what I love about it is you get to learn about these random people um, in such a, like you said, intimate way um, and a unique way. Mm. Yeah, I, I I love how you said that, that you put yourself on the other side of the camera so you could kind of be in their shoes. I honestly, I tease our producer uh, here with Voice America, A-Rod. Uh, he's a great young man. I love his personality. He's hilarious. Like, he should be hosting his own show on A-Rod. I know you're listening to this right now. And I always say to him, I said, you should jump on and host a show one day and you you interview me. And he's, he's so cute. And he's like, oh, maybe one day I will. And I, maybe I have a question. And I just, I think that's so neat that we're able to sit, uh, what's that old expression, walk a mile in another person and shoes it's kind of like where you flip yourself into that and i think that's the point of teen wealth radio anyone out there listening gets to put themselves in the shoes of whoever our guest is so i really appreciate that you guys are both here for to talk about something that's quite intimate to all of us a little bit later in the show which is your new project but um yeah going back to photography i just what what have you learned as being a, a photographer about people? Has it changed your your view on people? I know you said you work in the service industry a lot, and you really learned how to communicate with people. Have have you learned more about yourself and and the people in your chair uh, just from being a photographer? Um, I mean, I've definitely learned more about myself. Uh, what have I learned about people? I don't really know. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I asked some <laughs> questions, whatever pops into my head. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, let me pull something out of a hat here. Um, Josh, you're not wearing a hat, love. <laughs> crap. <laughs> um, honestly, it's, it's been more, I guess, right now is it's just been more about the journey with myself. Um, and like I said, how it has changed. Um, there's actually, you know what it is? It, there's a, there's a poet, uh, Shane Coison, and he has a line where he's talking about find your art or find your voice or something like that. <clears throat> and, uh, he's talking about, it could be dance, it could be music, it could be food, anything, but he says, you'll, you'll know your medium the instant you fall in love with what it brings out of you. And I thought that was a really good line and a, and a really good um, framework for trying to figure out what you really love. And for me, photography is having the camera has really, really brought out um, sides of me that I that I really love and that I'm uh, proud of to a degree. And so mm. um, that's kind of a roundabout way to answer your question. <laughs> no, that was perfect. I mean, I, I think Kevin and I have mentioned that before i mean we talk about how passionate we are that it's so hard to pinpoint sometimes one passion when you when you love so much kev do you have one thing that you you did in your life that you really felt home in i think i already know the answer to it but um is there one thing that you'd like to share with us that you really felt was that thing the thing um oh, what 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 do you think i'm gonna say well i think when you were on stages when you when you traveled and spoke mm. at those schools like you're the type of person that lights up. There, Kevin and I used to work together like seven years ago where we were thrown into a very small area with 70 people that we had to basically entertain for two days. And it was like he was on fire. Like nobody, it, people still talk about him on a microphone for those two days seven years later. Like that is that is his spot where there are sparks flying and everybody can feel it whether there's actual sparks flying or not. Yeah, I've said a few things on fire accidentally, but... Well, when you talk about kids and you talk about being on stage and talking to kids, there's your your whole everything changes. You can see that that's something that comes from your gut. But do, do you I, feel the same way, or is that just one of your many? Things? No, 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 no. I no, I and that's such a huge compliment. Thank you. To, uh, I I love making people laugh. I love entertaining people. And and to go back to Josh's question, I feel like Josh was interviewing me there earlier in the show. Um, Josh, you said. Um, you know, where did you kind of find that confidence? I think it's when I started to make people laugh. Um, it got to the point where it became I a detriment, though, because I um, I actually thought that people wouldn't like me unless I made them laugh. So I, I just was over the top, always trying to be funny and and I had a, a really good friend of mine, Sherry, and she came up and she said, you know, you don't have to, to always entertain to, to be liked. But I think to answer your question, Brandy, yeah, when I'm on stage and I get that first laugh, this, this stage, you know, I've heard a saying, too, that said the loneliest place on earth can sometimes be behind a microphone. If you, you don't connect with that audience, um, that can just be the worst feeling in the world but as soon as you connect with them and get that laugh whether it's a small group of people or you know i, I mean I, I think the largest group i ever spoke to was four thousand people and i was super nervous but you get that first laugh and then it's just electrifying so for me i guess that's probably right what about you brandy oh gosh being in a classroom 
being yeah. classmates students that are like they I mean it's amazing to watch young people who have so many concerns and so many things going on in their lives all of a sudden sit down shut up and just wait to hear what you have to say and when you do say something and you say it well with all your heart and it resonates with them and then they can feel free to confide in you things that they don't confide in maybe even their parents or their best friends mm -hmm. that is where I feel on fire like mm -hmm. I know what it was like as a teenager to go hang out with a librarian <laughs> because I just didn't <laughs> didn't want to be involved in anything and she would just go okay so what's up today and I just tell her and she's like okay go read a book and have your alone time and and it was nice to have that person so being able to be that person for other people I mean obviously like you I like to make people laugh probably in some goofy sarcastic off way sometimes um <laughs> that's me I mean I've always had far too much energy and I know some people yes, don't think that about you, me. They come into yes. a room and take over the sucker. <laughs> but a lot of that comes from my own lack of self-worth because I was like, oh, if I just sit here in the corner and I feel small and I don't like myself. So I, then I started making people laugh and make, making people feel good about who they were. And in turn, it makes me feel good about who I am. But well, now and, it's a career. It's like it's this awesome thing, you know? Yeah. And I, I was just going to say, like, I think it's such a good thing for people to understand and realize that when you step outside of your own self, um, your own problems, your own issues, your own day-to-day, -day, you know, the things that consume your thoughts and take over your your attention and you just focus that on someone else. I, I mean, I'd have to say that I agree with you, Brandy, that, that one of my biggest comfort zones and passions is being with kids and, mm -hmm. and challenging them and because I did that in the classroom too. And, and when you get someone that comes up to you and says, thank you for believing in me or thank you for for saving my life, I've had people say that. I'm not sure if I literally did that, but thank you for changing my life. Or, um, that, that just floors me every time and it just makes you want to be a better person and do it more. And it's so nice when, I think if everybody was like that, like, you know, Josh, you're helping people through an amazingly, difficult time and there is no textbook on how to do this properly mm -hmm. um you know what what i went through with my dad who had dementia it was a horrible experience to watch him suffer and be confused and frustrated and um it's completely different from what someone else is dealing with maybe with with i think your dad passed away with cancer is that right um and and or someone who gets in a car accident or whatever and so what you're doing and stepping outside of just simply taking photographs and helping people deal with grief i think is incredible and and there's such purpose in that and and such can i say nobility is that is that even the right way to say it like just what you're doing is incredible and um and, and i know for brandy and myself like when we're able to to help kids go through whatever they're dealing with even if it's the smallest thing in their mind it's still a big deal and yeah. um and to help people through that I, I think is that's the greatest thing we can do kev you always give us the greatest segues into the next portion of our show i really love that uh we do have to go to commercial break but when we come back we'll definitely dive into grief narratives because that's josh's true passion mm -hmm. and what we want to share with everyone listening so see you in a minute everyone Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? 
Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. If you're an influencer, you don't follow the trends. You set them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives, collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world-renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Answer the call. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to brandy at globalteenwealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Um, if you just jumped in with us, I'm here with my co-host, Kevin Friesen, and we're very excited to welcome Josh Newfield on the show for the first time. Uh, he's an incredible photographer, a great writer, a very interesting human being, and is working on a project right now called Grief Narratives. Um, if you want to follow him on Instagram, he's got a couple different sites. Uh, his first one is more personal one is this is why we live here. I'll put all of this in the bio at the end of the show. So if you're finding this on iTunes or something, uh, just look into the bio and you can find all the ways that you can follow him. Uh, but right now we're going to talk about his project grief narratives. Um, it's, it's a project very close to his heart and I love the website and the opening of it because it's got three words under grief narratives and it says story, community, inspiration. And I really believe that's what we're trying to do here at Teen Well. So Josh, can you tell us a little bit about grief narratives? Sure. Um, so I'll give you the full story, but three years ago, so my uncle had been battling Parkinson's and cancer for about five years and we all had a family reunion down in uh, California and he was a lifelong, um, pastor preacher. So he's a really good storyteller and he sat, we have a large family on that side. There was probably 50 of us between the cousins and the cousins, kids and aunts and uncles. And he sat and just spoke about what it was like for him to be dealing with this terminal illness for so long, really facing his mortality. Um, and it was just, you walk away from a kind of conversation like that, and um, I don't know, it, it just shifts your perspective a little bit. And you, you really start to, to, to hone in on the things that are important. And that made me want to do something like that. Um, so I, I had the idea, actually, of of volunteering in a hospice and I wanted to connect with some of the people there. Ideally, I mean, if they're comfortable with it, obviously take their photos and start kind of sharing their stories to, to build a spot for that kind of inspiration. Um, so at the, at the time I was trying to, I had been applying to a few different hospices and stuff like that. 
And then very, very randomly, um, my dad got sick. Uh, he was the epitome of health. He was uh, a sponsored cyclist in the uh, for the Grand Fondo, a ride from Vancouver to Whistler. Uh, he was at the peak of his career at UBC. He had just signed on to another term as head of the department. Um, and he it was really, really unexpected, but he was diagnosed with cancer. Um, by the time they found it, it, it they already had a... Um, an ostrich egg-sized tumor on his liver and a chicken egg-sized tumor on his pancreas. And that was July 13th of 2015, and he died September 9th. So it was under two months um, that he really went from, like I said, just on top of the world to underneath it, unfortunately. Um, going, th So I had the idea for that, or for the project, and, um, and then suddenly my dad became the subject. Uh, which kind of flipped the whole thing on its head. Ironically, too, because he was a good friend of mine, a mentor, all that kind of stuff. He actually even named the project and then, and then became the subject of it. Um, so the project was called Meeting Mortality. And he went into the hospital on August 20th, and he never came out other than a little two-hour stint at my parents' place where we broke him out of there just to have a, one last little party. But I photographed him in the last 19 days of his life, and... Uh, and put that out there on my on my personal website as a project I've worked on, and I wrote something to to accompany the the photo essay is a written essay and a photo essay. Um, but going through that process really allowed me to connect with so many other people that were going through something similar. Um, I think with grief, people feel like they're so alone, um, and you feel like you're in this dark pit of despair. But um, but the reality is, is that we're all going through it at some point. We all lose people. I'm not the only person to have lost my dad. I mean, Kevin, you mentioned you recently just did. It, it's it's a very, very universal experience. And though, like, when you're down there, you know, you feel like you're alone. And no one can possibly understand what you're going through. And there is some truth to that because it's your own experience of it. And so no one can really understand what it's like for you. However... I feel that everyone's down here with you. And if you just reach out a hand, it's like, oh, yeah, man, you're feeling something so similar. Um, <clears throat> so that, going through that process and learning that, um, wanted me to, made me want to create a space that people could go to and do just that. They could read other people's stories. They could write their own stories. And, um, and through that, find connection and hopefully comfort, ideally. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I think it's. It, I think this is something that we don't talk about often enough in our culture as well. Is grief and loss and death. I think it's. It, especially in North America, I find it's like a very taboo thing to talk about, but it's so necessary. I mean, we're we're constantly talking about teenagers that are struggling with thoughts of suicide, um, and and the fact that we don't talk about it, I think, is hindering us even more. So something like grief narratives, your project is. Is opening up the door for people to really talk about it because I mean I just I, I when you were talked about how you spent the last 19 days of his life photographing him and then there was most of it in the hospital except for that one little time when he came home what like how, how do you how do you have the strength to do that because I've lost a couple of people very close to me and there were times when it was like I just had to walk away and go go cry for a minute or, or go do something else for a minute to try and deal with how heavy my chest felt. How do you how do you deal with that? And and is it just because you know that you're helping someone 
um, spreads her legacy or, or what is it? How, how were you able to do that as a son? Um, honestly, it was because of my dad. Because he, this, the strength he showed, he was like, we're, we're in the hospital. He's, we moved down to palliative, like he got denied chemo. And still, the, 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 the goof just kept us smiling the whole time. And he dealt with it with such grace that it was just, um, I don't know, it was, well, it was life-changing, I guess. I mean, it was just, it, I could not believe. Like, we'd have, I mean, there's a steady stream of visitors coming, and everyone that walked in there was, he would greet with a big welcome here like he did at home um, before he was sick. He always had a smile. I mean, he, he, he was just, he was goofing off till the very end. Like at one point he's sitting on the bed and he's in, you know, he's in all the hospital clothes, got the catheter attached, all that kind of stuff. We're all sitting around and he, he, he gets up and he goes, shh, shh, wait, wait, wait. The toothless wonder wishes to speak and he farts. Oh <laughs> <laughs> or, or at one point he was, this is getting near the end too. He, um, uh, they were taking him to, into the the shower or the bath or whatever. She's being wheeled over, and uh, I can't remember what he said on the way in, but I know when we finished, they're wheeling him out, and he just comes out, hands way up in the air, and he goes, "Behold, the king rejuvenated, restored." <laughs> so he's just like he dealt with it so well. And even with me having the camera, like he was always really generally a private person. But because we had talked about this project before when he was never supposed to be the subject, I mean, he just, he understood what I was doing. And so he was so comfortable with it, which made me, which gave me that license to do it, which was just. I, I, I just thank you for sharing that so much. I, I love I love that he was able to um, make those incredible jokes and you were able to cherish that with your entire family and photograph it because it's I mean that's it's not an easy thing to deal with losing anyone obviously. I mean Kevin's just gone through that with his own father. Um, definitely not easy. There's this there's this funny question that people always ask and I always think about it and they say if you could know when you were going to die would you want to know and it's something like 97% of the population says no. I'm one of the 3% that says yes because then I would know how long I have and how I don't know just when I could cherish what do you two gentlemen since you've both experienced this grief in the last couple of years with your own fathers do you have a similar opinion or opposite opinion on that Josh um I don't know I mean like what I want to know right now like it was going to be 60 years from now or whatever I don't know but like but I mean my just going back to my dad for a second like he he knew it was coming and he looked at it and he was just, like I said, he was able to, to do it with so much grace and that his leadership in that gave us so much. And so from that point of view, sure. I'd love to know that it's coming so that I could, I mean, he, the, the comfort he gave us because of his attitude was mm-hmm. amazing. Um, so yes, in that context, sure. I'll take the 3%, <laughs> but if you're going to tell me now that I'm going to, die at 86 years old, then uh, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I love that you had, I mean, even though it was a very short time that you had from the time you found out that your dad was sick until the time that you lost him, you still had the ability to be with him. And, and I always thought if I got hit by a bus in three days from now, I'd want to know that three days before. So I had that time to to spend and to thank. Because as much as we say we're going to live for today and tell mm-hmm. everyone we love them right away, 
our pride sometimes gets in the way and other things. So I just, I, I love that you were able to do that. And, and some people aren't, I mean, Kev, your, your dad had dementia for how long was the struggle? Oh, well, I, apparently they say that the average uh, length of time someone struggles with or deals with dementia, barring any outside things is about eight years. I think my dad had it for probably that length and he, um, I'll get really transparent here. Um, he was fine physically until the very end. Um, he was just very confused and frustrated. And um, I was with him for about three months. And then I decided to come back to Vancouver and just have a bit of a sanity break. Um, not because <laughs> my dad was driving me crazy, but because I needed to take care of myself. And Josh, you know that when you're going through that, you have to, you have to take care of yourself uh, or you're no good to anybody. I came home and was here for about two or three weeks and my mom called and, and there was no reason to think anything was wrong. And she called and said, you, you need to get back tonight. He's, he, he may not make it till tomorrow. And it was this instant um, event. That's not the right word, but it was just instantaneous where all of a sudden he went from just being confused to the, the doctor said his brain just powered down and he forgot how to eat. He forgot how to drink and, and, and he forgot his brain forgot how to breathe. And that's how he passed away. And I, I raced back that night uh, and drove, I flew to Calgary, um, drove through the night, made it there at five thirty in the morning, never left his side uh, and promised. I whispered in his ear, he couldn't talk or, or anything. And, I just said, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to leave you, Dad. I'm here. I'm, I've got your hand. And I slept with him for two nights and never let go of his hand. And I was there when he took his final breath, holding his hand. And um, I wouldn't change that for anything. Um, so that time that you get to spend is so precious. Absolutely, and and so now that you've learned about Josh's project, uh, would that have, would that be something that you'd love to participate in with that? Would do you think that would help you deal with the grief that you've gone through for your father? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, obviously, I think what what Josh is doing is amazing. Um, would that be something like my dad has passed away? Would it be something that? I would be the subject of that or or are are you talking like Josh would it be more like if that would have been an opportunity to have you come and kind of photograph moments because I know we have to go to break here but one thing I wanted to say was um uh one of my friends suggested that I take pictures of everyone in our family who was all there in the room with him holding my dad's hand just a close up of of us holding hands and then we could frame those after and we took those pictures and that became that was the night before he passed away those became I mean you look at my sister's Facebook that's her profile picture and and my mom has it in in her apartment now and like it was amazing uh, I think that would have been an incredible thing for you to photograph certain moments I, I would love that absolutely would've, well um, sorry, we just got to run to our last commercial break, everyone. We'll be right back in just a moment. Hey. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. So Josh, I, I know I was asking Kevin a little bit about his his story and his recent um, loss of his father and what that was like and where that could attach to these narratives. But could you just tell everyone listening um, what it what it really is? Is it is it written? Is it photography? Is it before, during, after, um, and how they could possibly participate if they wanted to get involved? Right. Um, so. Griefnarratives.com is uh, basically a space for people to write in stories uh, and to read other people's stories. So if people, I mean, here's why I think that's effective or why that will work or help people. Like uh, it was last year, I think, and I just, I'd been, so I lost my dad in 2015, but I'd been feeling something welling up inside me, just this kind of uh, ugliness, just this, or sadness or however, whatever word you want to use. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't. I didn't have words for it. And then a friend, as I was collecting stories from from people to set up the website, a friend wrote one in, and I read it. And she talked about she lost her aunt, and she talked about one of the biggest things she missed about losing her about her aunt was seeing the world through her eyes. And as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, that's what I've been feeling. Like it, it gave words to what had been nagging at me for two or three months at that point. And instantly I was just, uh, there was just calm and comfort. And I was like, oh yeah, right. And and you're still sad, but at least there's 
knowing that she was going through the exact same thing and actually gave me words that I didn't know I had, I found so much comfort in that. And so that that's why I think the website will be effective. Um, so that's part of it. I'm also working on a portrait project right now where I'm actually sitting down with people and we're almost like an interview situation where and we're rooting the conversation in two questions like what's been the biggest source of grief in your life and what gives you hope in that grief um and that's really just a springboard and then while we're talking uh, i'm shooting them um trying to get those little in-between moments when you can really see that they're they're deeply connected to that other person or the other side or however you want to frame that um so that's another way and then what i want to do with those photos is actually have an, an evening in the fall at a gallery space or something like that and put them up on a wall. Um, I'll have a friend come play music who lost his dad when he was 11. He's got a song about it. And it'll be just like a fun Saturday night out kind of thing, but also obviously very thematic in that, like you said at the beginning of the show, like death for some reason is such a taboo subject. But like I said, we're all going through it. So I think like a night like that would be really cool because I think the energy in the room would be really good. Like I think a lot of walls would be down because there's already people up on the wall who have been open to having this conversation and I just think it would be a really neat way to to kind of wrap up that portrait project anyways um, so that's another part of it and then I mean like related to the photography on the work side of things I mean I have gone into people's to the hospital room for people and shot there in those really intimate moments so I mean if people wanted to do that they can of course get in touch but that's that was a little separate so now to answer your question brandy absolutely uh josh if if um yeah if there's anything i could do to be a part of that i i would love to because i you know i miss my dad every day and i love him and it was a horrible experience to go through but a beautiful one at the same time and i think that's a matter of perspective and um you know i i tried to take in every second of that, especially the last couple of days. Um, and I think it's important for people, even even at, at his memorial service, um, I mean, I, my mom and sister just automatically assumed I'd be the one doing the tribute because I'm the public speaker in the family and that would be easy for me and that was uh, <laughs> it's not an easy thing to do. But I started off with, you know, you got you to gotta be you. And I started off with a, a big joke and got everybody laughing at the, at the funeral. And I just think it's important that we walk through it because it everybody is affected by it. That's what you said earlier, Josh. Nobody is immune to this. There's, I, I love, I, I go to a church in Vancouver and the pastor even said on Sunday, it was his, last time I checked, there was a 100% mortality rate. <laughs> so... It's, I'm sorry, I just I it just cut out for me, so I'm not sure. Did everyone else hear what Kevin just said? I got it. You did? Okay. As long as you me guys and, got it. Like, me and Josh are just talking now. Don't worry oh, about it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it just totally cut out for me. I can see your lovely mouth moving, my darling, but I didn't know what was coming up. <laughs> you, look, you look afraid there, so. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. No, it's always something good. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know... I mean, there's so many lessons that we can take from a from a project like this. Uh, obviously, to to cherish the time you have with the people that you love, because you just never know if it's going to be one day, two weeks, nineteen days, three months, mm. eight years. We just never know. Um, to take the pictures that are important, and and photography 
now that the world is all social media, photography is capturing even more beautiful moments and really sharing that. And, and I always thought it would be nice. And I think this is, might be a little bit morbid, but when I was a teenager, I was really into photography in high school. And I used to go to cemeteries and photograph cemeteries there because I thought cemeteries were a very beautiful place. And my friends thought I was crazy. But I said, these are literally tributes of people who loved you saying, mm. saying they're putting something here. And that was the last thing. And that's where you go to, to, to visit that person. I mean, for some of us. And I always thought it would be nice to just interview everyday people. We always hear the biographies of famous people, but everyday people are who we are, um, a lot of us. I mean, some of us are not, but me, myself, I'm an everyday person. And I just thought it would be nice to have, and maybe I'm crazy, but a coffee table book that had everyday stories of people that I knew that had been great moms, been great dads, struggled through the little things, struggled through the big things, because we all overcome it together. And as soon as we become collective, it's so much better. And that's why I love uh, that your website, Josh, under Grief Narrative, says story, community, and inspiration, because we're all here to inspire each other and have a strong community. So I hope we can attend your event in the fall. If you could make the world stop, I always ask this to every guest, and I know it stumps everybody at the end. If I could make the entire world stop, shut up, and listen to you for one minute, is there any message that you'd love to convey to everyone? Uh, it's really just related to what you said at the beginning. Um, it's related to this topic. Like, it, I, I, um, death doesn't need to be so taboo, and it's going to be difficult. It's, it's going to be very difficult. But it doesn't mean you don't. Need, it doesn't mean you need to avoid it. it. Doesn't mean you need to, um, keep it inside because the reality like i said we're all going through it together so just reach a hand out in the dark when you're down down there and you'll find someone else down there and so that's that's really what it comes down to i I wish it was a little bit more of a approachable subject i guess well maybe through projects like yours it will become that one day um so as uh, however kevin and i and teen wealth can help uh share your project just let us know in the future and we're definitely there. And again, you can check in the bio to find all the links for contacts and websites and everything for Josh's project grief narratives, or you can follow him on Instagram at either at this is why we live here or at grief narratives, or you can go to griefnarratives.com and find out how to get in touch with Josh there. Josh, thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you for sharing your very fresh story with us. Um, and I hope this really benefited some of our listeners out there. So gentlemen, I appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you very much for inviting me. I guess we'll see you all same time, same place. Thanks for joining us again for Team Wealth Radio. Have a good week, everyone. Thanks for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show. Woo!